A Weekend with Jason Dacey Replay from Money FM 89.3. We're reviewing the week in international news here on Money FM 89.3 with me, Jason Dacey, on weekend mornings. We are joined by Glenn Van Zeffen, the former CNN anchor and producer, the uh, head of Van Media Group, and Steve Oaken, the former Clinton administration official, senior advisor to McClarty Associates here in Singapore. Guys, once again, it's Donald Trump and China dominating the headlines. Uh, Glenn, we heard that uh, Donald Trump says big progress is being made in the U.S.-China relations at the end of a year that has seen both countries apply for tit-for-tat tariffs. Um, he went on Twitter, not surprisingly, to talk about um, the big progress that's being made, no doubt trying to calm the markets after a very volatile uh, December. Yeah, everyone's wondering what's going to happen when this uh, trade mission goes to Beijing in January. Um, Apparently, he and President Xi had a phone conversation on Saturday. Uh, It is unclear which side initiated that conversation. But following it, uh, President Trump tweeted out that big progress is being made toward a deal and that the agreements were, quote, very comprehensive and will cover all subjects and points of dispute. So clearly, the president at least is trying to, uh, you know, uh, like you say, calm fears in the markets uh, as we start the New year coming up, and the uh, the Chinese media was a little less uh, over enthusiastic about it. Yeah, that's the big thing I've got to ask you, Steve. Is how uh, you know embracing is China on this topic? Uh, because of course, Donald Trump's very demonstrative about everything about how much he loves China and Xi Jinping and all that. But China's response has been quite different. Well, the question is, what is the dispute about? And the only person who can answer that is is President Trump. Um, is the dispute about trade or is the dispute about technology? If the dispute is about trade, there's a very easy solution to this, and that's the Chinese agreeing to buy more soybeans and buy mm-hmm. more LNG and, you know, and, and other products from the U.S. And then maybe making some facial changes in terms of opening up a few more sectors to, to foreign direct investment and, uh, and lowering some tariffs. But if the real dispute is about technology, if it's about uh, the force technology transfer by the Chinese of, of U.S. and other countries' companies, if it's about cyber theft um, and it's about the stealing of, 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 of company and government materials, then there's going to be a lot more difficult path to get to to get to a, a resolution between the China and the U.S. And so is, is this going to be about trade or is it going to be about technology? And until we know that, we don't know when the ongoing trade war is going mm. to end. Jason, it was interesting that President Xi was quoted as saying that he is hoping to push for, quote unquote, stable progress mm-hmm. between both sides. Now, you know, China watchers would be very interested in whatever the language was that was coming out of Beijing, because that says speaks volumes for what, uh, uh, you know, what the what the Chinese side is thinking. Um, there are, you know, as Steve mentioned, there are very big disagreements on things. Uh, uh, the Chinese have uh, already agreed, I believe, recently to 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 send a lot more, uh, you know, to take down some of the tariffs and, and allow more U.S. products in. Um, I think uh, uh, President Trump has announced that he's considering uh, reducing some of the tariffs, at least temporarily, that he's talked about. So there seems to be some movement on each side. But, 
you know what? We've seen this before when there was movement and then all of a sudden there wasn't. So who knows, right? Yeah, Alec, the U.S. policy towards China has been for the last 10, 20 years, one of uh, accommodate and engage. And we're going to um, uh, engage with the Chinese. We're going to have them come into the WTO. We're going to open up uh, investment between the two countries. But we're going to accommodate them being a state-driven economy because we think they're going to transition to be more like Mm. us, us in the U.S., us in Singapore, us in the EU, us globally. That hasn't happened. And so the U.S. is shifting to a policy more towards contain and isolate. And the question is, how is that going to translate between not only the U.S. and China, but between the world and China? And, and you're seeing more and more people line up to say, we've got to do something about China. Well, another China-related uh, story award China is given to Singapore's late founding Prime Minister Lee Kuan Yew. Strong affirmation of his longstanding support for the country's reform and friendship between the two nations, according to Lee Sien Long, of course, the, the son of uh, Lee Kuan Yew. This was one of uh, 10 foreigners awarded the China Reform Friendship Medal, uh, Glenn, which uh, has come out in Chinese media over the last uh, few days, the comments uh, that were made by uh, Li Xianlong. It's interesting. You know, this, this medal was actually conferred on the 18th of December. Mm-hmm. So not, you know, not too... Uh, not, not too recently. Not yeah. too recently, Quite a while actually. Ago, yeah. uh, but I, f- I find it's interesting the timing of of uh, Prime Minister Li Xianlong, uh, you know, reaffirming basically the relationship. You know, Li Kuan Yew is very deserving of of this award. Been to China thirty three times over thirty seven years, and really mm. goes back to De- Deng Xiaoping, who, yes. who came here in, in, the, in the late seventies. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and but. I'm curious, and Steve, maybe you have some insight on this. Is this a, is this kind of in with the background of the U.S.-China trade uh, issue that maybe there is some uh, you know feeling of of Singapore and, and the mainland wanting to be closer together? Well, no, I, Glenn, I, mean, I think that's exactly the balancing act that Singapore has to go through now. I mean, Singapore has been able to balance both. Um, being an you know allied, if not a formal ally, being allied with the U.S., but also being a close friend and uh, business partner with China. But what's going to happen now if the U.S. is now going to take more of a, you're with us or against us? Where is that going to leave Singapore? Where the, where is that going to leave ASEAN? It is really going to be a much more difficult period for ASEAN in our countries like Singapore and Indonesia, Philippines, Thailand, let alone you know the Myanmar's and in in Cambodia's. How, are they going to be able to stay together? Because some are going to lean more one way, and some may lean more um, the other way. So an incredible recognition and a well-deserved recognition. Um, but the last 30 years are going to be maybe easier to navigate than than the coming coming thirty. Does it, Steve? From your perspective, does it make it a difference that Singapore is not uh, leading ASEAN now at, at this moment in time? Now that that has passed for them uh, over the course of this past year, does that does that make the relationship potentially different between China and Singapore? Well, what Singapore has been able to do um, more so than almost any country in ASEAN is to continue to have regional integration. So the TPP now, or the CPTPP today, mm, yep. now into effect, something that Singapore and Japan, Australia, New Zealand are really critical in making happen. Singapore did everything it could as host of ASEAN to try and get RCEP, the Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership with ASEAN, plus six countries, including China and India, um, to move forward. It isn't going to, you know, Thailand isn't going to probably have the same skill as a trade negotiator that Singapore had. But hopefully with this, the groundwork Singapore laid is going to allow for this regional economic integration uh, to move forward with or without the United States. 
This is our International News Week in Review with Steve Ocken, the former Clinton administration official, senior advisor to McClarty Associates and Glenn Van Zeffen, CEO of Van Media Group here in Singapore. What about uh, something related to ASEAN, I guess, Glenn, too, with the, the sad news of three Vietnamese tourists being among four people killed in the roadside bomb attack last Friday in Egypt. And then we saw the uh, authorities in Egypt killing 40 militants during security raids. The officials in in Egypt are not saying that these two are directly related. Okay. They are not saying that they have taken out these actually it was a group of 30 and then another group of 10 Correct. Uh, yeah. uh, alleged militants as the, as they said are suspected militants. Uh, but clearly the timing is such that uh, one would have to try to connect the two in in, in some tangential way. This has been a, an extremely um, uh, difficult moment for, especially for tourism mm. uh, and the lives affected uh, within within just a few miles of, of Giza, yeah, the, the pyramids yeah, of Giza, yeah. you've got a you know, massive terrorist attack happening. Uh, it's not good news for, for Egypt at the moment. And Steve, I've never been to the pyramids in Egypt. It's mm-hmm. one place I'd, I'd love to go, but something like this happening definitely makes me think twice about taking my family to Egypt. And, and 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 there's going to be even more tension in in the Middle East with the you know U.S. pulling all of the troops out of Syria, uh, with the U.S. now talking about pulling its troops out of Afghanistan, and and that threat of terrorism is going to just increase, and that's why Singapore has been so f- much on the front foot. Um, is is there's concern about what happens when these foreign fighters start to return um, to their home countries, including some of those here in, in Southeast Asia. So it's it's a concern in the Middle East, but it's a concern everywhere. Yeah, the Middle East really uh, looking quite volatile. And of course, uh, the Iran-U.S. thing is not looking that good either, is it, Steve, with uh, uh, you know Iran getting increasingly isolated. Well, you have Iran getting increasingly isolated. What's going to happen with, with, with Saudi Arabia? I mean, you know, President Trump has, has continued to put all his eggs into the basket. Yeah. Um, but you have the, both the House and the Senate in the United States um, saying we're not we, – we don't see us as being allied with, these, with, with, this, with this, you know, with MBS in, mm. in Saudi Arabia. So really foreign policy is going to be very tumultuous coming up in, in 2019. And Glenn, uh, there was a lighthearted story that uh, you were talking about earlier uh, to do with airline food. We all like to travel. You know, you, me and Steve, we travel around the region a lot. Um, But now people can complain about bad airline food uh, in a very kind of orderly way where people will get a lot of reactions. Well, it's funny. There are a number of, of different uh, post your photographs on Instagram of your airplane food, <laughs> right? And, and a number of them are really gaining some some traction now. And people are obviously posting the pictures and saying, do you think this looks like a first class <laughs> meal? And I think all of us, you know, all of all the listeners included uh, in this, we've all traveled and we've all had some amazingly good and surprisingly good and really horrific plain food. So this is on Instagram? What is it exactly? Uh, it's on Quartz, okay. QZ.com. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so they have a beautiful story about it that, uh, that anyone can, can look up and see. Steve, any good and bad experiences you've had with airline food uh, over the years? Well, I'll tell you, my son Bennett, his trick is that he always orders the fruit platter. He says, because it's very hard to mess up fruit. (laughs) (laughs) That may be the way to go. Yeah. You know, I I can remember, you're a lawyer, right? I can remember, uh, this is years ago, and I'll have to look it up, but there was some 
a legal defense that was made over a client whose behavior was very irrational due to eating bad airline food. <laughs> He'd come off a flight and did all these things, and his lawyer was saying it was because of bad airline food. And I thought, that wasn't a bad defense. Well, and then that <laughs> led to the McDonald's defense not too many years That's later. That's right, the McDonald's defense. But I would say food is probably the least of your concerns about putting you in a bad mood these days, flying. <laughs> but uh, well, one of them, just in case anyone wants to look these up, um, at in-flight feed is one of them on Instagram. The other one is airplane food selfie. <laughs> And a lot of times people are putting these up and then they also put a contest. It's like, you know, give us your best or worst picture, right. vote for them, these sorts of things. So it's, it's a, poking a little bit of fun at, at, sadly, something that's kind of deteriorated for many people, which is, uh, you know, the dining experience or the travel experience. And Steve, uh, you know, I don't want to give any airline mm -hmm. a plug, but when you fly back to the U.S., do you tend to fly on American carriers or on Asian carriers? Well, certainly I try and fly in Singapore Airlines uh, whenever possible, but sometimes you're going to be on a U.S. carrier and boy, can you tell the difference. Yeah, I thought you might say that. All right. It's been fun uh, once again to have Steve Ockin, the former Clinton administration official and senior advisor to McClarty Associates here in Singapore and Glenn Van Zeffen, CEO of uh, Van Media Group and former CNN anchor who will be actually taking over this show when I go away uh, in January. So, guys, thank you so much. Thanks, Jason. Let's thank see you. what happens in the news in 2019. Mm.